Hello and welcome to the Celestial Podcast, the Doctor Who podcast that refuses to shut up about the VNAs. I'm your host, Joey Morgan. Today I'm here with Jacob Licklider. Hello. I'm also here with Mason, a.k.a. the GD256. Good morning, everyone. And uh, today we're talking some more VNAs on the Celestial Podcast. We're probably a bit VNA'd out because we just finished recording a video you will see later this month that I won't spoil right now. Um, Yes. Um, anyway, so today we're talking uh, New Adventures, continuing from where we left off last New Adventure podcast. So we're talking about The Pit, Deceit, Lucifer Rising, White Darkness, and Shadow Mind today. Uh, spoilers as always, let's jump right into this with The Pit by Neil Penswick. Who would like to begin? No. <laughs> Jacob, would you like to begin? I guess I have to begin because he <laughs> said no. No, 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 um, that's, that's just my opinion, just no. No. Okay. Okay. So let's, um, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to have to, uh, let's, let's talk about the fact that this is, uh, we can all acknowledge this is a bad book. This um, is true. It often comes yeah. in right at the bottom of DNA rankings. And, 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 and there's good reason for that. So, so the book starts. And uh, Neil Penswick decides, let's open up five subplots. All at once. All at once. All at, All at mm-hmm. once. We, Does we not start, stop. Uh, you have the, the main subplot of the Doctor and Benny arriving. On uh, this... The Doctor and Benny are a subplot. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they basically are. Like... They basically are uh, arriving on this planet. Um, and that's part of the seven planets that's going to blow up. Also on this planet are two sh- random shapeshifters. Which were oh, yeah, Holdo. Oh, yeah, cool. cool. They let you know that right from the start because Benny's all like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, I remember hearing about the seven planets that blew up and it disappeared and nobody knew why. Um, and, uh, which, and so she, was, she wanted to go to the seven planets. And it's a really like forced way to start a story because she's like, hey, I just want to see this place. And there's like, okay, yeah, sure. It's not like there's no it's, inciting. Yeah. Oh, and it's there. unprompted. It's not even like, hey, where do you want to go next? Yeah. Like, like okay, well, I'm also going to talk about the pit in. in because because we 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 have adapted all of these stories currently uh, into script form. Productions coming in the future. Um, there's no it, there's no inciting incident. It's just let's go to the seven planets. Okay, um, yeah, um, and which which it just sort of contradicts kind of the end of the book where Benny gets all upset that the seven planets have to blow up, like, and and disappear. Yeah, like. You went in knowing this. I mean, it's well, does, does she ever does she ever say that it, that they blew that she knows that they blew up, or does, does she just say that, that they disappear? I think she just says they were destroyed. No one knows how they by were an destroyed. asteroid or something. Yeah. So I mean, I think Penswick is trying to do a she, she that it wasn't just an it wasn't just because it wasn't just a natural disaster. That's where Benny gets anno- gets annoyed, which like is fair emotionally, but also no. Um, so you have the shape changers with like this this bomb called Pandora's box, because this is a book full of literary references, True. And, and it wants to make make you take them seriously. Um, and then there are androids, shape changing androids, right? No, no, or no, no, they're, not no, they're not. Just, just, oh, no, no, just, no, 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 they're, they're they're hunting the shape changers. They're That's hunting right. the shape changers, and and here's the thing, here's the thing. They should be cyborgs. I'm going to make this argument because we're supposed to be emotionally invested in these androids. These androids are clearly made out to be robots. 
like 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 Penswick gives them both free will, but also following their prime directive of finding the shape changers and destroying this bomb. And yeah. then and then in this whole other planet system is a murder mystery. Where this I guy I, I was remembering everything you were saying up until the murder yeah, mystery. Yeah, no, you don't remember this because it's it's is is it it does it does not it's basically, hey, there's this character called Copion, and we need to make sure the reader knows that he's a dick. Um, J- J- Jacob is flustered today, friends. <laughs> it is a bad book, so I totally understand. The pit makes me flustered in a lot of ways. <laughs> See, it's bad, but, like, I don't know. It's it's just kind of stupid. <laughs> I will say, I like... So there's I, this I guy called saying... John, and he's like, I'm investigating the murder mystery. Oops, I get killed by Copian, who is evil, and surprise, surprise at Time Lord? Possibly the other. Not actually the other, because that's... He's supposed dumb. to be the other. He's supposed it, to be it is the, the other. other. He's no, supposed Jacob. to be the other. But it isn't the other. It isn't no, the other. Is. No. What if he oh, was uh, the other, oh, Jacob? And, um, also, um, there's also, like, red weed on the planet, and, like, a cult that, like, wants to bring the Iskarath, where the great vampire is back, who they're also controlling the Kun or the Soon or the Kun. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> um, also, they have time travel capabilities, so the Doctor and Fanny get split up, and the Doctor gets sent back in time to 1800s London time. Um, See, but this this is admittedly like the best part of the and book. This is though. this is where you get the only good shit in the book. Oh yeah, um, I, and I love this. This is the only part stuff. I remember. The, yes. the stuff with William and he Tell. meets up with. Po- <laughs> it's William Blake, not William oh. Tell. Wait, who's William Tell? Oh yeah, he oh yeah he does music. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> no, no, William <laughs> Tell doesn't do music. William Tell is like a, a dude who like shot an apple off another dude's head, I think. And like, oh. there's the William Tell. William Tell is like an opera. William Tell, you're thinking of the William Tell overture. Yes. To the opera. By I think yeah, Giacomo Rossini, um, I believe, if I'm not wrong. Um, but yeah, the introduction of William Blake is like, and, and and like the stuff with him and the Doctor is the only semi-interesting it's, thing about it's the It's interesting book. and it's enjoyable when they're in Victorian London because there's this whole cult thing in Victorian London and that's kind of fun. But then, then they go to Earth in like the '90s, I think, like Earth. Sometime in between the seventies and the nineties, with there's this unit subplot that does absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, you always talk about that unit subplot, but I can't remember the unit subplot exactly because it does absolutely nothing. Like, yeah, that's that's just like my overall issue with the book. Like everything that Jacob is talking about, I have no memory of. <laughs> I assure you, this is shit that happens in this book. Oh, I'm sure. I just don't remember it, and 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 that's my biggest issue. And then like, and then there are like two scientists on the planet who are part of the cult and secretly evil, but they don't act evil. Like oh, I remember with that. each other, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> Neil, you can't. If you're gonna do a twist villain, you can't. You you can't just pull that twist out of those characters. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good twist that even the people that like are secretly villains don't even know they're secretly villains. <laughs> and it's not, but it's not played like they're sleeper agents. It's like, no, we've been villains the whole time. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, but yeah. But doesn't the guy just because it, it, it's, it's the guy and the girl, right? The, yeah, the dude dies. Like, yeah, the guy. On. Yeah, the guy. Dies, and then she finds who does she find? She finds some other guy that's on the planet, she right? Or finds or does she, one, she either finds the shape changers or she finds no, no, no. It's, it's one of the androids. She finds yeah, right. She finds one of the androids who aren't dead. Like, there's only really one of the androids that matters, and that's Spike because that's the one that gets paired up with Benny. Um, yeah. Uh, and Benny is mm, so bland. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta I say, like, she's, well, she's I think, like, 
for me, it, it's it's like taken out of hindsight, like because obviously we all love Benny now as a character, but back like when she like she had just been introduced in Love and War, we had um, Transit, High Science, and then this. She's really only had one book to be a person, so this book does not do a good job at making her out to be more of a likable character. I think. See, but also I don't think it does any damage. Like Transit kind of does more damage to Benny, I'd argue. Oh, right, I, she doesn't do any damage. She's just really bland. Because, yeah. like, because cause Transit, like, and I, and I love Transit, but, like, Transit, like, actively, like, pushes Benny out of the plot. At least, like, Penzuk makes an attempt to involve Benny. Oh, yeah. Like, she's better handled in this book than she is in Transit. I just still don't think it's good. So, yeah. Um, uh, Copion. Let's talk about Copion. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. He, yeah. He shows up in... And he's actually uh, an okay character. He's a cool. I, I like Copion. He's a cool. He's cool. I, he has some great final. Um, he's meant to be the other, but he doesn't match what we know about the other up to this point at all. Like, not really. I, no, no, I'll disagree with that actually, Jacob. Because the only other time the other actually has actually appeared in the Who universe before this book, or uh, the Remembrance of the Daleks novelization, where he's not actually, like, characterized in any way. He's just another guy in the room. And then Times Crucible, where he is as much of a dick in that book where he that he as he is in here, or is supposed to be here. Yeah, but he give, Copian gives, he gets no motivation as to, as to really why he has to blow up the entire seven planets. Like, it's, it's to stop the East Garth, okay. Um, why? Like, you can close their portal... It, yeah, uh, yeah. there's no justification for why the seven planets have to be blown up other than I guess history which if you wanted to do the history angle that history has to be followed that this is your history Benny that but then, yeah, yeah but then the issue is that they don't actually find out why the seven planets were destroyed just because Copion's a dick yeah because Copion's a dick and maybe the great vampires were gonna come back because that's what the Iskaroth are yeah yeah I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, I do. Um, I do want to talk about the Victoria London stuff though with uh, the Doctor and Blake because I like the whole cult bit where they get dragged out of there by Copion. It's Copion that takes them out of there, right? Yeah, and then yeah, then they find a, it's Copion who takes them out of there, um, and, and then that's when they start to go into the. Then they then he disappears and they sort of find a portal and go to the 1970s. Um, I I obviously adapted around that because the whole um, uh, the whole. I think just like the whole feel of the Victorian London setting is actually done really well. Um, I like the inclusion of Jack the Ripper, um, or, or or what they think is Jack the Ripper, um, supposedly stalking the streets. It's just like this nice sort of background piece for the Doctor and Blake. And I would have preferred if that was if that, that played a bigger role in the book than it actually does. There is a really tasteless segment with a horror house though that I don't like. Yeah, yeah, it just it does oh, nothing. Yeah. yeah, which I think uh, I cut that out of the adaptation. Uh, no, you kept it in, good sir. Oh, did I? Yep, and I scripted it. So, oh, that's yeah. good. So it's probably better than... Well, I think we can agree. <laughs> I think the two of us can agree from reading that script. It's probably better than the actual book. This, this is true. This is true. Because I actually made the twist villain work. Yes. All right. Um, let's give Reigns out of 10 for the pit. Uh, Jacob? One. Oh, that's a bit harsh, actually. I hate this. Isn't? I hate this. It's worse than Shadow Mind. Um, I... Um, I don't know. I think I'd probably give it a three or a two. 
One I was gonna itself. say a th- I was gonna say a three actually. Mm. So yeah, um, cool. That was the pet. Very boring discussion. I apologize, but now on to a much better book, at least by comparison, Deceit by Peter Darvill Evans. Who would like to begin? Can I start this one? By all means. Awesome. So Deceit is the story that re that sort of reaffirms what the VNAs are and where they're going for. Or, or, or like what they're going to be trying to do because this is a book and, and and this isn't a spoiler in case for some reason you haven't actually read any of the VNAs and you're watching this for some reason but this is the book where Ace comes back and, I mean they, and, didn't and, even, they didn't even hide that from any like promotional material for it they were just like hey Ace is going to come back even when Love and War was published in, in, in Doctor Who magazine they were like hey Ace is still going to come back don't worry yeah that's true and it was and on the back book... cover of this book like yeah yeah but, but this book does a really, I think, a really good job at reintroducing this new character, having been gone for, like, three years off, like, fighting Daleks in a bunch of wars. Yeah. And just, like, showing where she is and how she'll eventually, not not to jump too, he- too ahead, but, like, how she'll rejoin the TARDIS and how it'll be a new dynamic between the Doctor, New Ace, and Benny. So the, the, I will argue, though, book I, love. I will argue, though, that is one of the few... Um, moments that darvel evans actually gets right in this because i don't think it's a very strong book overall it's got some really nice character drama with uh with dr benny and ace but it's a very flimsy plot i think it's a very simple plot it's a very simple plot and it doesn't that that, that, that's some that for some reason has to take about like 320 some pages oh yeah it takes there's a lot of here there's a lot of padding here like this, um, this, this, say, this is the this is the first VNA to like hit over three hundred pages, and it's oh yeah, there's there's no reason for it. This was the mission. This was the book that was meant to say we're going to go longer than we ever thought possible. Um, it is interesting, yeah. and it's been pointed out many times before me before me saying this now. But like, Darvill Evans wrote the book as a guideline of what the VNA should be, and he somehow failed those guidelines himself. <laughs> like, it's it's. It's just too much. Like, like, even though, like, it's too much as far as like the length of the book and how it, and how much it wants to do, but not enough in what it actually has to offer. So, about like what, like halfway through the book, a third into the book, we meet for some reason who's here, Absalom Dak. Why the clone of Absalom Dak? Yeah, the clone. Yeah, of, that is yeah, a really like, weird addition. Yeah, Which, let's like, be honest, like, that's that's like one of the few points. Let, the VNAs as a whole do a really good job of not relying on the history of the show. Yeah. Um, and yet Darvill Evans becomes, again, this guideline for the VNAs be- uh, becomes one of the first novels to bring something back from the, um, uh, from past continuity that people know and love. Um, or I guess loved at the time because Absalom Deck is actually a pretty obscure character nowadays. Um, I mean, like he's a fun character. I, I enjoy his, his presence in the book. He's, he's a more, He's a more tactful Gilgamesh, you know. Um, but he just—I can't even like put my finger on like what my main problem with him is. He's just—he's this loose cannon in the book that's there for no reason. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, again, I, I think uh, uh, let's—I do want to give Darvill Evans credit. I do think he does a really, really good job of world building um, the 26th century. Um, well, yeah, because doesn't doesn't it spin off of? Um, uh, Warhead then, and, and he uses like an expansion of the Butler Institute. Right? It does. It does. It, it hints at that. It pull. It pulls from that, which um, is is really cool. Um, and it just. It just the planet uh, Arcadia 
that they're on feels very um feels very real uh you know the, the um oh god what's the what's the name uh the delahy family um sort of really do feel like people um and they all they all have their own little little ticks uh the villain wow yeah yeah what a topic (laughs) we're gonna have to oh peter darvill evans you were well intentioned again again peter darvill evans lays out okay let no more time room genesis guys we're not gonna do that kind of thing again and it's it's okay and and, and then and then villainizes lesbians and specifically and and specifically like gives the villain like a horrible eternal punishment death thing yeah I and, mean, and, I, I, I think <laughs> with the subject with the subtext of this is what lesbians deserve. Yes. <laughs> like, what the yeah, fuck? It's not good. Oh my I god! I mean, I think, so... I think, I think his mindset was he was trying to do a thing about abusive relationships. Uh, because because Lacuna <laughs> is 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 basically raping. Listen, yeah, trigger warning. This book has basically rape in it a bunch of times it's not portrayed as your traditional rape yeah but it's it's rape <laughs> no, no, no more time from genesis guys no more time from genesis um, um and it doesn't i don't think it does it as deadly as genesis because again yeah, the doctor yeah. doesn't forgive it here uh yeah yeah there's but, a reason that this is like if you made gilgamesh the villain of time from genesis yeah 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 again which um, is it's still not great but it's a step i guess like but but he get, but he gives these characters like just as much screen uh, screen time in quotes um, screen time as like any other regular supporting character. These are just other people, part of the plot. It's this isn't like an overtly bad thing. That, as as Darvin Levins points it out, it's t- it's times like these that we have to remember that Darvin Levins is other job at uh, a <laughs> uh, what was it? it was was it at Target or was it for Virgin? Yeah, it's for Virgin. Of like, what was it? Publishing some like BDSM line. Yeah. Of, was like, it? Line of, like, yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Was oh yeah. That yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. It was. It was like oh, I can't remember the name of it. It was um, I know Paparina covered it. Um, so that uh, yeah. Uh, his other his other job at Virgin was like publishing some like erotic BDSM line. Um, uh, it, was it like games or I can't remember. It was just. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense when you when you put deceit in context. <laughs> but yeah. fuck, it doesn't make it any better now, does it? <laughs> yeah. Deceit's also, let's be honest, overly long. Like it's set up as a it six. It is way this too is, long. This is set up as a six-parter, which yeah. I think was I think that was a Darvel Evans was like, hmm, six-parters seem epic on. T- uh, a lot of the best six-parters seem epic on television. It's like yeah. But also, a lot of them don't need to be six parts, and your your plot is kind of flimsy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, have we talked about Benny in this book and how great she is, though? We have that not. She is, that she is great. I've not. There, because there is there is a lot to like about this book. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we did it's, sort of. Like it's a started off on book. a bad note. <laughs> it's a it's it's overall a solid book though. Very very flawed. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, the even the plot plot flimsy as it is is a fun plot. The idea of a planet that doesn't that, that people don't grow old, they just get sick and die. Um, yeah. And 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 basically then being uh, a complete different a, a complete different different sort of thing. Um, you know, this is 
I do also love the return of Ace in this, though. Yeah, I think oh, she's... yeah, and Ace, oh, yeah. Ace comes back Ace's with reintroduction is the best part of the book. And, oh, and I... Ace, real, Ace realizes just how much bullshit she's gone through with the Doctor and is basically done. Like, and I and I and I do love that first scene where where Ace encounters the Doctor again, and she starts like yelling at him, and the Doctor's like, "Oh, don't blame me for your boyfriend troubles," and like basically like verbally bitch slaps her. Um, and that, oh, it's so good, so fucking yeah. good. Um, but it's but I I say verbally bitch slap her. That's probably not the right wording. He doesn't like abuse her mentally or anything. <laughs> it's it's more like a hey, look, we were both in the wrong on heaven. I think. Um, I think that's and... cool about it. Yeah, that is the goal. Um, it also, we aren't entirely supposed to sympathize with the Doctor here. Um, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially, and, and, especially because we learn in Deceit that like it is all a ploy for him to like finally get rid of the last of the shit from Witchmark from his, from the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, because you know, so like he, so like he's still being a manipulative dick in this story. Yeah, that's another thing about this book. It it really tries to bring together all the weird crap that showed up in the previous books that just kind of didn't need to be there or like or like like to justify certain parts of other books well 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 here's the thing peter others acknowledged that the ending of cat's cradle to, uh witch mark didn't actually end in arc it just sort of yeah. was like uh we're good now okay bye and so oh. and so he took it upon himself to try to fix that or fix it the best he could and um and it, it's it's pretty serviceable yeah yeah and what's interesting is that this is supposed to be like the clean slate new beginning of, of the new adventures, yet it leads directly into the next book. Like, yeah. Directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer Rising like spins off of a couple older ideas, as does this book. Um, you know, spinning off of spinning directly off of Witchmark and trying to explain away the doctor in, in, in Nightshade, which didn't need explaining, I'd argue. I don't think you need to explain his depressive behavior in Nightshade. Um but they try to do that, and then Lucifer Rising covers um, uh, the people that Ace was working for after Love and War. Like it's, there's still a lot of continuity there, um, d- despite what was supposed to be like a sort of soft reboot. What I would consider like Love and War probably the better soft reboot of the new adventures yeah. early on. But uh, yeah, um, anything else to add on Deceit though? I, oh, I love Pool. I love just just the imagery of Pool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like that, let's be honest. That cover image is, is terrifying. Oh, and it yeah. happens yeah. in the book. Like almost everything about the cover is great, except for the illustration of Ace. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, it's a bad one. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's do rings out of ten for deceit. I'm gonna say five out of ten. Jacob, um, I have to give it a six. I think six and Mason. Um, I think I'm going to give it a seven, actually. Seven. Huh. That might be a bit high, but I, I do really like the way that Ace is reintroduced. Yeah, yeah. I, but for me, like that's a that's a smaller aspect of the plot compared mm-hmm. to some of the some of the larger issues with with the book. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the highlight of this podcast: Lucifer Rising by Andy Lane and Jim Mortimer. Who would like to begin? Joey, you should begin this one. I should begin? Yeah, because I know you love this book. I do love this book because it's it's it straddles that beautiful line between utterly depressing and hopeful. And I, I, I just adore that. That you're able to start it in such a dark place as this girl in a spacesuit falling down and dying in the atmosphere of Lucifer. 
and experiencing that scene from her perspective to start from such a bleak place. That is literally what the just the first page I want to say. It's like the first page, maybe two pages. Uh, yeah. And going up to all the way to the end where the doctor gives these people who are about to go off to basically face the Daleks and the Dalek invasion of Earth and gives them this last bit of hope, even though, let's face it, they're probably going to die. And it's, it's just that it's that beautiful sort of melancholy line that the entire book straddles. And it, and it straddles it so perfectly because of the, I want to say clashing styles, but they don't even clash that much, but of Andy Lane and Jim Mortimer. Um. They 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 had two very different styles, but I don't ever I'm not ever able to see the difference in it um, when I think of the book. It's just it's all one thing, and I think the only thing that that really distinguishes those two styles is how the book leaves you feeling by the end. But that's not a bad thing because it's able to to make you feel both things at the exact same time. And of course, the characters are just great. I adore the characters throughout this entire thing. And I love the way that the Doctor, Benny and Ace, they all interact with them. I love Ace's betrayal of the Doctor. I think it's so perfectly handled. Um, I love um, I love the murder mystery plot. I love the way the Doctor figures out certain things in this. It's such a clever characterization of the Doctor. And, well, it's uh, also this is also the first book where the Doctor doesn't have some big real plan, like... It's it's the Doctor caught off guard, and I love that. <clears throat> and it's done so yeah, really so different. Uh, I love Legion. I, I love just that. Oh yes. yeah, being. Um, I love um, I love the examination of faith as a theme in this book. Because um, mm. like every every character has something that they sort of hold on to. It's um, they kind of uh, I will say Lane and Mortimer kind of conflate faith and hope. Um, as the same concept, well, I'd argue they're similar but but separate, um, philosophically speaking. Um, but because everyone just sort of puts their hope into something, um, and essentially the people who don't end up dead um, by the end of this book. Well, um, uh, even that, I'd say the people who end up dead are a bit indiscriminate. You know, we have um, what is it? The one character that dies, who's uh. Uh, who's who's Islam, right? And oh, right, yes. And they blame it on a suicide, and the doctor notices it couldn't be a suicide because was it, she used the wrong hand, right? She used her left hand. I think it was yeah. like she used her left hand. It's like, um, and I don't, I can't speak for how accurate that is to the actual faith of Islam, or yeah, to I, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Islam. I mean, but even I if it isn't, it, like, I, it's, I think it gets I think away with it. it might be. I think it might be in certain respects, but also. I think they would criticize uh, most Islamic scholars would criticize even having a Muslim commit suicide, um, but or like as a suggestion. Um, yeah, but that's more that's more uh, general religious uh, aspects towards uh, attitudes towards suicide, um, which yeah. Um, I also I, I I love how am I still being heard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, my phone just sort of glitched for a second. Um, okay. I love just, I love just how, um, how you feel like how both the future that Mortimer and Lane create is both like hopeful and very kind of devastating. Like there's like corporations are ruling everything, but people like, cause you have IMC coming in and basically taking over, uh, the Belial base, um, um mm-hmm. and everything is just so, uh, they're so bleak like you have 
bishop as this you know this sort of he's the oh, authority yes he's i not love a, adjudicator and, bishop and he this is very oh, clearly yeah. a book where authority is not respected authority is this is a book very much anti-authority but bishop as is a representative of authority is never portrayed as evil um mm-hmm. he's portrayed as like the exception that proves the rule especially when imc comes into the pot later yeah um, and and can we also talk about like how perfectly structured this book is like this is a perfectly structured book and I'm not shy about saying that because the way that everything unravels from the beginning to the end is so perfectly handled. Yeah. Um, it's 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 written it's, 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 often, it's, it's, it's written as a five parter, which I find yeah, really really interesting. That is weird. Um, but also it, it, it's it's very much a book five parter, whereas like what is it like part three or four are ridiculously long and then like everything yeah. else. It's a book five parter, and as we're adapting it, we're adapting it as a six parter because <clears throat> because I didn't cut much. But uh, cut back much. on the structure, it's it's often talked about when when people talk about this book. But like that scene where they're discussing the murder that just happened uh, right at the start and. Uh, or sorry, not the murder, but like they're discussing like how this person died uh, right at the start, and the doctor comes out of nowhere and says we haven't considered murder, and the doctor isn't revealed up until that very moment, and he realizes the doctor, Benny, and Ace—they've been here the entire time, and so we go back and we see that we're—it's not just like a regular flashback of how of, of showing us how the doctor, Benny, and Ace got here, but it's adjudicator Bishop watching a recording of how the doctor Benny and Ace got here. So we still, so we take it from like halfway through the plot and there's still enough plot later on to fill easily one of the longest VNAs in the entire run. Yeah. Yeah, It's not the longest. I think that it's still one. I said, I said it's one of the longest. Yeah. Um, yeah, And and, and I gotta say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's just, it's so good. You have all the characters and every character has their own motivation. Like every character wants something. You have Mark Bannon who is, uh, who has essentially lost his wife and is hiding his like his fake son on board? Uh, you have, um, you you have you know, uh, you have Piper O'Rourke, this this elderly woman who's just trying her best, but ends up probably doing more harm than good, um, and gets to survive at the end. Uh, you you have uh, the woman that Paula Andrade, who dies at the beginning, was in having an affair with. Um, you know, it's just everyone is everyone has their their motivation and everyone is sort of morally gray um, and just sort of pushed together in this um, in, in in this world um, yeah and I think it's I think it's just really well handled yeah it's yeah such a such a, such a vivid world sorry go on Mason no uh, I gotta say this is a perfect book in terms of the relationship between the Doctor, Ace, and Benny. Like, first off, you have Ace, who has this sort of mini-story arc leading from Deceit, in which like, it's revealed that she was actually told, hey, if the Doctor ever comes back, then go with him, and then go to this place. And then it it creates that, like, interesting dynamic in which it's Ace that's keeping secrets instead of the Doctor. Yeah, And it's... and it doesn't just feel like an old like switcheroo. Like it feels like warranted. It feels earned. Yeah, and the moment is so good. Like like when the doctor realizes that he's that he's been tricked by Ace. Ace like rightfully says, "Doesn't feel good, does it?" And it's just it's such a great scene. It's, it's this great moment, moment of catharsis because it's basically it's like yeah, right. Hmm, I wonder. Hmm, hmm, it doesn't feel good. I wonder what. I wonder who else knows about this feeling, <laughs> yeah. Doctor. It's great. <laughs> And then I yeah. love the end where you have 
Dr. Ace Benny, Bernice, Dr. Ace, or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, doesn't, doesn't it change, like, every few chapters, or whoever, like, is the, changes, lead, it changes, the lead personality? It changes within, a, within scenes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, 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 and then in that like, moment, you know, in, in in that scene, we like come to terms with with uh, with Ace letting go of Jan finally and realizing that she's not she's not really mad at the doctor because she lost Jan. She's mad at the doctor because of everything they've been through. It's not that one incident. It's not the straw that broke the camel's back. It's everything, and it's, it's the entire relationship. And, and, and Ace realizes that. And Ace realizes that in the end, she wasn't really in love with Jan. She was just clinging on to the nearest thing because she felt so abandoned by the Doctor after all the time they'd been traveling together. Oh, fuck, that's so good. I love saying that out loud. Sorry. <laughs> so we should, we, should, we should make... So we're saying because, we, because J.L. Todd read Love and War, she should read this book next. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. I'll, 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 I'll tell her to skip the seat. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. She can... <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you're, you're right. She, she, uh, she, she would not react good to that book. You know, actually, tell Which, her to read the seat. Completely just, fair. Go ahead, tell her to read the seat. <laughs> I, I kind of no. want to see. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um. All right. So, I guess that about does it for Lucifer Rising. Uh, let's give ratings at a ten. I'm. I think it's fairly obvious. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a ten. Uh, Mason. I'm going to give it a ten. And Jacob. I'm going to be the Brian and give it a nine. You ass. Why? I don't like the trippy Ace Bernice Doctor stuff as much as everyone else oh, does. Oh, no, it's I love really that. Just, sorry. It's, it's such a good moment of character development for them. Oh, I it. like what it, I, I, just, I have some issues with it. And I, yeah, yeah, but they're minor and it's, 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 it's a nine. Ass. Mm. But I do Art. still love it to bits. Nine out of ten is not a bad score, people. Uh-huh. I mean, for VMAs, uh, that's like in, in your 30s. Right. <laughs> um, Again, this is the problem with VMAs. They're all so good. Um, yeah, they're all great. Well, well, well most of them. Some of them. <laughs> all except right, let's move next, on the next to... Couple. Hey, I like White Darkness. So let's talk about White Darkness by David A. McGinty. And Mason, you're going to start this. Yeah. Do, really? Do I have to? You, you brought this um, upon yourself because you slandered David A. McGinty. Yeah, I don't like David A. McKinty's writing style, really. I don't know. I just don't find his prose engaging. You know, I could could almost agree. Almost. Because he is quite dense, isn't he? Yeah, it's very much like blocks of text. Because because a lot of... A lot of McGinty stories are not not sci-fi stories. They're historicals. And McGinty does a lot of research. And it is extremely impressive. It's great. I, I love how much research David A. McGinty does in his books. The but man he pours ba- love into them. But then yeah. all that love comes out as this giant block of, hey, look at all the research I did. Look at everything I learned while I was researching for this book. Hey, don't you see it? Look at all this t- stuff that I learned. You should learn it too. Isn't it an interesting historical period? I will say, I will say, he gets a lot better as he, he does. writes more. You know, he but weirdly does. enough, oh, yeah. weirdly well, enough this, is one, this is one of the better occasions. I would argue like something like sanctuary is far more dense and drags down the experience a lot more than white darkness. Yeah. Well, no, especially, well, especially his BBC books work. Actually, he, he gets it down to a better formula by then, but that's, oh. um, yeah, like something like, um, what am I trying to think of? Like shadow of Wing Chang. I really love shadow of Wing Chang, but like, 
it's a bit dense. It's pretty dense. Um, it, it, it just needs a bit of polishing, and, and that, that seems to be the case with a lot of his works. Um, in yeah, this case, I, though, I would argue that a lot of the dense text has a purpose, because at the end of the day, the book is not entirely about like character development. It's not about... These, about uh, these like grander plots. It's about history. It's about the people involved in history. You will get to know these people, and you will watch them die a horrible, bloody death. You can. Yeah, you, and I, and, and the soundtrack to this book is gunfire. You just yeah. You can whenever you're reading, you just imagine in the background just just that gunfire and screams and people dying horribly. Yeah, and, and like my thing with the book is, and and this might be my own personal like, I guess opinions on Doctor Who, but I'm not as big of a fan of historicals as I am on the sci-fi story. On, on, I really like, like historicals. I like historicals too, but I think it's more likely I, I need to be in the mood for them to appreciate them. I, li- I like and, historicals, especially when they're based around like really violent, bloody events like these. Well, And this one also helps. This but, is an event that people don't talk about. Yeah. This is an event yeah. that Ameri- we're all Americans, and America has... Basically, taken this and swept it under the rug because this is kind of an event where, in a lot of ways, America did atrocities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, and McKinty is not afraid to show you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, and, this and, would make and, anyone who, this would make anyone who is on the internet as a openly right wing probably go into a conniption because <laughs> America's not the hero. No. Yeah. Yeah. And but and, uh, and I think like hardly really hardly anyone's the hero here. Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, but like I think another reason is like like to go back to the I need to be in a mood for it. This is the first non-sci-fi book in a long t- in, in a while because we just got out of a future history arc. That's true. That's true. The last one would have been Nightshade, but even then, that's more recent history. It's not like a historical historical. Um, yeah. So I think I, I think I need to reread this one. It would definitely be worth it. Um, yeah. Actually, t- talking about it just now, I kind of want to reread it too. Um, I got but, the list of a rising. <laughs> I will oh, say yeah. it has. I will say this book has problems. Oh, the, definitely. This, and, and, and um, mostly, it and mostly it's the problem with a lot of McGinty books. It's it's very dense. It's very um, dense. Um, I will say he doesn't. He doesn't do Lovecraft as well as he as he thinks he does the Lovecraftian mythos as well as he thinks he does. Um, I think I think he bur- I think he buries it a bit too deeply, doesn't he? He, he buries it. He clearly wants to tell a war horror story, um, and you can connect horror of war to cosmic horror and Lovecraft. But, but I think this is the wrong situation to do it in. When you've chosen yeah. such a strong, emotionally yeah. striking historical event, I don't think it's the right story story to throw Cthulhu into. <laughs> and I and I yeah, like I, agree with I, that. I, I think. I think it worked a lot better in his mind than it did on paper, um, because I guess yeah, you could you could draw a connection between Lovecraft monsters and 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 this awful bloody historical period. But also, can we talk about the Lovecraft insert? I don't mind it. I I, I, I don't quite, mind, it, but I, it's I, so I, weird. I like Howard it's Phillips so weird because this. Howard Phillips is a Lovecraft insert who is so clearly not Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Like yeah, I I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Because like I think I would call myself a fan of the mythos, but it just felt weird. Well, I'm 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 someone who loves the work of Howard Phillips Lovecraft. I I do. So, it's, would you mind elaborating on how you're dissatisfied with his portrayal here? Because I um, think I agree. I think I think I agree. I would just like to hear it out loud. Um, mainly because it's there's a fell. 
Howard Phillips is basically Lovecraft in name only. There is no for for a book that is so intent on historical accuracy, creating Howard Phillips as this intelligent, smart doctor who is a protagonist is just it just is wrong. Like that's um like but I think it I think it is implied that it's very early on in his life. Or at yeah, least his, in his professional life. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Howard Phillips Lovecraft from birth was a problematic ball of everything. Like And I also think but but I think in that regard it does help that Again, it, it, th- 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 they never officially say in the book that it's that yeah, book. yeah, it's not Lovecraft. It's the I, I think I think calling him Howard Phillips is too much of a uh, it's too close of I'm trying to make Lovecraft. Uh, if they would have confirmed if McKin- it wouldn't be as much of a problem if McKinsey would have confirmed that no, this is not Lovecraft. But instead, the idea is just kind of left hanging there, and depending on which way you want to take it, it's either good or bad. But yeah. but unfortunately, I mean, because I, but unfortunately because he doesn't confirm it either way, it's not either good or bad. It's just kind of there. It, it's kind of it's just it's, one of those things where like the reader can decide for themselves. I mean, I'm firmly in the it's not Lovecraft camp because one for the rest, the amount of historical accuracy that McKinty was going for in this book to then have create a character who is supposed to be Lovecraft and not be at all historically accurate because um, because because howard phillips lovecraft did not have the constitution for math like hmm. he didn't understand non-euclidean geometry <laughs> like all, all technically all geometry is non-euclidean like because we are on a globe okay overly sarcastic productions yes yes <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting oh. them because their argument works. So, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the name of the... Moving on from that, of course. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the name of the guy that summons Cthulhu. I can't think of his name. Uh, Lemate. That's right, Lemaitre. because they, they, they play around with him being the master, right? Uh, kind of. They do, yeah. That's... Yeah, that's, that's And it's... But it's, yeah. it's clearly he isn't. <laughs> it's David, clearly David, David A. McKinney's obsession with the master fascinates me, and I love it. Oh, the man <laughs> loves the character. The man mm-hmm. loves the character. Um, he's written, like... Um, but yeah, Lemaitre is this... He is... Lemaitre is such a good, interesting character. Yeah. Um, and it's probably the only part of, this, part of the plot where, like, the Lovecraft insert really works, because... It's the only one that like that gels with our actual historical event the best, I think. Like like where we can actually see like this is how you should have incorporated the Lovecraft elements into the story. Instead, you have him summon a giant monster and you have literal Lovecraft there. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, the Maitre is is a really strong aspect of the plot uh, for me at least. Um, I also love Ace in this because Ace goes through a lot here. She sees a lot of shit that she is not cool with. And I think it's also, it, it works well, especially coming off of Deceit and Lucifer Rising, where Ace has known for years, she's known sci-fi war. She's known big laser pistols and shooting Dal- the, the heads off Daleks and 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 shooting from afar and, and, and seeing it all as if like you're in a sci-fi film. But she hasn't here's seen... A, but here's a she conflict that is actual, all too human. She hasn't seen here's, actual war. Yeah, yeah, it's too cute. Actual yeah. war, where nobody is... In sci-fi Dalek war, the, no matter what, the what? side fighting the Daleks is, is the morally right side. Yeah. Like, like you... Whereas in this one, 
no one's morally in the right. One could this argue is... every, everyone is morally wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody wins. And it's just, it's so fucking depressing. <laughs> but in case because you can like... tell, but in case you can tell, it's my bread and butter. So I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I think that uh, can tea. And yeah, that, and yeah, that's probably where we differ on that. What? I don't know. I guess I'm just not as big of a fan of that kind of stories. Like, like I still like them, but yeah. Oh, oh, you don't, you don't like having your heart ripped out and stomped on by by multiple people. Uh, no. <laughs> fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I can understand. So, so, so you're normal, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, God, uh, no. <laughs> um. All right, let's do ratings out of ten for White Darkness by David A. McGinty Mason. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm gonna give this one a five. Ooh, no, I'm gonna give this Jacob. I'm also giving it a seven. Nice, nice. Dang. You, D- David A. McGinty Bros for life. No. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's kick it off. Uh, kick off our last book of the podcast oh, with God. Shadow Mind by Christopher Bulis. Oh, Christopher. Mason, Christopher is the greatest book ever I know, written. I know, I know I forced you to start last time, but can you start this time too? Because I really want to hear this. Oh, fine. All right. I don't know how to put into words how I like this book. It's just kind of nice. I don't know. It's just Ace has a birthday. She gets to have sex with people. She gets to kill someone. I don't know. It's nice. <laughs> ah, so the Paparina defense. Yeah, ex- actually, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's the pop arena defense. I, I, I literally agree with him on his opinion of the story. He's and not I, wrong. I, I, He's not I, I, wrong that, that that's, that's, it's nice to see Ace getting to be not having to have her entire that, world blown. But that's but, not who Ace needs to be right now. And that's but, where Shadow no, 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 Mind no, 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 no. Shadow Mind should have been a book that was not focusing on Ace because not every book has to focus on Ace. Like, I mean, I, I see the appeal to when you bring Ace back yes. from the Southern War. But, one, this book is a mess. Um, it has over 60 named characters. And how do you know that, Jacob? <laughs> I counted. <laughs> oh, and I, I, should, I should say, I don't think this book is a masterpiece. I think it's like middle of the ground at best. And yet you give White Darkness a 5 out of 10. Exactly. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. When you have a book that has 60 named characters... Whom of which you can cut out over 45 of them and lose <laughs> absolutely fucking nothing. Jeez. <laughs> Jake, okay, so Jacob and I want the Jacob rant. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not done yet. I'm not fucking done. When you can cut out over 45 characters of your book, you are failing. Now, now this may sound hypocritical because... I, outside of Doctor Who, I am most known for loving fantasy and certain epic fantasies with casts of hundreds. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In fantasy with casts of hundreds, you have the time to give even the most minor characters something to latch onto. Those 45 characters are names on a page. They are names on a page. They do not have, like, bar maybe one or two who were just combined with other characters because, oh, why do you need that? Uh, this is a book where, like, nobody dies except, like, yeah, no one really dies. Like, 
there's there's just there's a lot of stuff here, and I feel like like it just it feels like none of these characters make an impact. Even the ones that I kept, they're just they're I, just there. I, I guess it's really prophetic for Christopher Beulis's future as a Doctor Who writer. Well, here's that, the thing. Here's the thing. This is, this is an anti VNA. <laughs> Beulis can do so much better. He can't. But but also Beulis. I mean, like, let's be real. Where this book fails is the fact that it's a VNA. Yeah. This is this is not this is not where it needs to be. Here's like, the thing. Here's like, the thing. There you, are later examples even, of even, VNAs even that are bad Doctor Definitely, Who yeah. stories. There, even there even bad VNAs, bad VNAs like Saint Anthony's Fire and Strange England, they're VNAs. They they're they're bad VNAs, but they belong with the line. Shadow Mind is in this completely oh, yeah. separate I, I category. That. This is category. I it, it's, it that. this is not good at the tone that the VNAs are trying to like set out to do. Well, it's, no, it's not, not even. No, it's not even doing. It's not even the tone. It just does not fit at all with the line because because it's a traditional Doctor Who story. Here's the thing: I can give you some VNAs that are traditional Doctor Who stories that are brilliant. Theater of War, Blood Harvest, um, to an extent, Left Shakedown, Shakedown, uh, Time Room Exodus. Uh, honestly, Cat's Cradle, Warhead is a traditional Who in a lot of ways. Um, it's is there. You can do brilliant stuff with traditional Doctor Who, and I and and you don't even have to make like it really really dark stories. There are some there are VNAs that are not dark that I adore. Uh, also, people is not dark. Zamper, uh, 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 I don't adore Zamper, but okay. uh, the highest <laughs> science isn't that dark. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, honestly, the the next book in the line, Birthright, it has some 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 it has some grit to it. But it's not overly <laughs> indulgent. Is, is is our is our Shadow Mind segment just us listing things that you could be doing instead of reading Shadow Mind? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can I can I ask how many parts is the Shadow Mind adaptation? Two. Maybe? Oh. Two. <laughs> the urge, you know the urge you know to make what? it one was strong. <laughs> you want to know how many pages it is? Not a lot. Wait, this wait, is, is this is before Joey has script edited it. And when Joey script edits it, you usually lose some pages. <laughs> it's at seventy-two pages. Jeez, that yeah, Big yeah, that's short. Christopher Bulis. Just because um, of all the subplots, I guess you you would have had to cut. And, and yes, you want to know when actual in the adaptation? You want to know? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want to know when Shadow Mind as a book actually ends in the adaptation? On page sixty-eight. <laughs> page sixty-nine <laughs> onward is an adaptation. Of chapter two from Birthright. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because I wanted to leave on a good note. <laughs> you know what? I, wanted... I think I've I think I've decided why I like this book so much. It's just a guilty pleasure. So you at least acknowledge this shit. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as you guys are saying, but I don't think it's great or anything like that. Like I like I, I'm pretty sure like Joey, it, it's your least favorite VNA, right? That it is. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> Oh, I think the pit is worse, but this is. I think this is more just infuriating in how, and how much it misses the mark. Joey will tell you, Shadow Mind was one that I had struggle adapting just because. It's, it's, there's like, like, like even something like Apocalypse. You wrote really fast. Yeah, um, Apocalypse. Particular Apocalypse. Book. Yeah, the pit. I, I, I wrote kind of fast. The pit. The pit was so bad, but I had stuff to work with. This gives yeah. me nothing to work with. Um, I can't. Like I, 
uh, I, I cut out, I guess, the random nudity of Ace in the end. Um, That's probably for the best. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and I kept the things that even Mason that you'd like. I kept the she gets she gets to have a birthday present, which is fine. Um, yeah, that's basically my favorite part about the story. Yeah, the, the, and, I, and I kept the Ace gets to have a single nice relationship, which I think is fine, um, and it makes a nice change. But ah, oh, it's just again, Mason, the villain. Yes, the villain is like just sort of defeated. Oh yeah, I I don't even remember the villain. The villain is what the the, the living planet, right? <laughs> no, the villain is it's not even the living. Planet, it's a thing called the living. It's it's this invading thing that may or may not have evolved from the Shen. Um, like it's a it's a thing that lives on an asteroid that isn't explained really. Oh, in in oh, the yeah, book. Okay. Um. I remember like, now. The, the broadsword blows up the asteroid and the villain is defeated, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. A little bit. And Anthony Will yeah. Anthony Wilson fucking defends this in, in Bookworm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I do I do I do love how Robert Smith I remember um Robert Smith opened his segment in Bookworm saying um uh, I remember saying in, in my in my Time Room Genesis segment that uh, this is not the worst the VNAs actually gets. And that was because I'd read Shadow Mind already. <laughs> I already had Shadow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, again, it should tell you something that if when adapting this, and if you've been following our adaptations, I only had I, I only had sixty eight pages of material that I kept in. Man, I'm like, just sitting here thinking about like how we're going to talk about five significantly better books than like this entire list, bar Lucifer Rising next time. Yeah. Well, well, also, also, be so also, much also, here's the thing. I can tell you, in the adaptation, this is one of the few times where I did a lot of original dialogue. Oh, so I'm going to have a lot of script edit, Jacob? <laughs> because, because Beulis' dialogue is shit. I mean, so is your dialogue, Jacob. I mean, but, but Jacob, <laughs> but Jacob did, did you keep the gummy bombs? No, no. I fucking that, hate those. Oh, that <laughs> got cut. That got the best that was one weapon of the first in the Doctor to go. Who universe. Why it's would you make bombs? Why would you make bombs like candy? And, and, it's a spy and, kid's weapon. And, and 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 this is a book. This is this is a book. This is a book that is that you're meant to take seriously. Maybe that's why. So I anyway, let's give take it seriously at all. Let let's let's give ratings at a ten for Shadow Mind by Christopher Buellis. Jacob, one. would you like to get it's one? one? I I wholeheartedly agree. It is a one out of ten. Mason. Uh, ten. No. Um, Fucking. <laughs> No, I, I'd give it like a five. Fucking hell, man! I oh, gave dude. I gave deceit. I gave deceit a five, man. Like I gave deceit <laughs> a seven. I think. Oh man! All right, so let's do our rankings. I guess let's see how much we differ here. Um, oh no! We're gonna go from bottom to top here. Uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, obviously, Shadow Mind at the bottom. Uh, then the Pit. Then Deceit. White Darkness, and then Lucifer Rising at the top. Jacob? Uh, at the bottom, I still have The Pit, because I, I, I still think that's a worse book, even though I'm... I like, the, I, like that you give, I like that you give two books in the in this podcast a 1 out of 10, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both yes. Um, And then Shadow Mind, and then Deceit, White Darkness, and Lucifer Rising at the top. Nice. Oh, nice. God. Mason. Me and, Jacob, me and Jacob basically have the same list, bar one exception at the bottom. Oh, God, no. 
Come on. Oh, I'm gonna get Come on, Mason. Mr. Come on, Mr. Corrigan. Cough it up. Come on, Mr. Corrigan. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> My name is Mason, Mr. Cyberpunk Peters. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> You're being the edgy contrarian. You have been given the moniker of Brian Corrigan the second. Exactly. Except I'm except I'm I'm the opposite. I like things more. That is true. Alright, so at the bottom I have the pit. And then next I have white <laughs> darkness. Fucking swear. And then I have Shadow Mind. And then I have Deceit, and then I have Lucifer Rising. So, I mean, can we get Louis Butters instead of instead of Mason? No. Yeah, yeah. D- doesn't Louis read VNAs too? Yeah. He does. No. Please. Yeah. I've worked so hard for this. Alright. So, yeah. that. Everyone go uh, read Shadow Mind. It's great. No. Boo, <laughs> Shadow Mind. Boo. All right, let's do ratings out of ten. Or not ratings. Fuck, what am I saying? Uh, plugs. That's what we're doing. Fuck me. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, ratings Jake, out of ten. You... Mason, I'm going to give a two out of ten. Yeah, Mason definitely gives a two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Jacob, uh, what would you like to plug today? Um, uh, On my YouTube. When is this coming out? Uh, in like the next two or three days. Okay, cool. So uh, on my YouTube channel, I will be, uh, the Ultimate Marathon is, is around the time of the Five Doctors, possibly that's already been released. Um, I know on the day of recording, I'm releasing Chameleon Empire. And yes, I know one episode a day, Five Doctors is 90 minutes, and I've got to find 90 minutes to wa- watch and write a video on the Five Doctors. Um, so that may be delayed by a day or two. Um, on my blog, I am still doing, I'm nearly done with the Percy, the, read, reading the Percy Jackson series, which I have actually gotten some pretty good feedback on. Um, I'm also obviously continuing with the PDAs and the EDAs, um, so um, keep an eye on that. Uh, I also have started the big uh, Malazan universe, which is a big fantasy series, so if you like fantasy, read reviews of those. Um, also, I also coming up on my Twitter should be a live tweet of a novel called The Taking of Planet Five, written by Mark Clapham, and an author that, for no other reason, uh, I'm just going to have Joey say the name of the author. <coughs> Uh, so are you talking about one uh, Simone Boucher-Jonet? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, um, yeah, so that should be really oh, fun. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, uh, Mason, what would you like to plug today? Um, I don't really have much to plug at the moment. I'm in a, like, right now I, I just started college, so I'm still trying to figure out, like, how to um, spread out all my time equally. Um, I haven't been posting on YouTube as much recently i'm gonna try to change that i'm not sure what i'm gonna make as of yet it'll probably either be something about books something about doctor who or just another of the vlogs i do for my sister um beyond that i recommend my twitter i'm extremely chaotic as a person and you can see that in full display on my twitter um beyond that i think i think that's everything for me Oh, shit, you can go on for like five seconds longer while I was yawning. All right. Oh, sorry, um, hold on, hold on. No, I'll, I'll go for five more <laughs> seconds. Uh, you know, dude, I made a video called Theodore Gale. Watch it. All right, there you go. Excellent. All right, um, jeez. All right, so, um, as far as things coming up on the channel, we have a uh, Warriors of the Deep uh, commentary coming up with me and Brian. Uh, we'll be recording that soon. should be a ton of fun. Uh, we have a Scales of Injustice sneak peek, your first look at that massive project coming out on September 12th. That should be a ton of fun. Greatly looking forward to that. It's been a, it's been a blast to edit so far. Um, 
we also have uh, oh another commentary coming up later this month uh, for the invasion of time uh, we're gonna have connor on that one as he absolutely hates that story so it should be a ton of fun to do um Later this month, we're also releasing a video that we recorded earlier today, and I say earlier today, I mean like literally right before we did this, um, uh, regarding VNA. So if you like the, this kind of content, uh, look forward to that. Uh, more on that later. And I think that's about it. You forgot it. one thing. You forgot one thing. What? Auditions. Oh! Oh, actually, I forgot two things. So yeah, auditions for Transit are also next month. Uh, casting call for that comes out on September 19th, so be on the lookout for that. And... Um, and then the other thing, uh, on September 1st, I didn't even think, uh, this will either be out a day before or a day after, um, we're releasing the first chapter of our new audiobook for The Romance of Crime by Gareth Roberts, oh, read, by the wonderful, read, read by the wonderful Marcus Cotton, and edited by Brian Corrigan. It's been an awesome project, uh, it's been coming together so nicely, and we're about a third done with it already, so uh, yeah, should be able to release that no problem. Uh, so yeah. That, um, I think that covers everything. Scales of Injustice trailer then in October and release begins in November. So lots of exciting next, uh, celestial podcast. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Next month's next month's celestial podcast, uh, we're covering classic Dr. Who season six. So looking forward to that. We're going to have a new guest on that. Um, that's only been in the adaptations before, uh, Caleb hot. You may know him. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that'll be his first, uh, uh, appearance on the Celestial Podcast. Really looking forward to that. I hope you're all too. Um, I guess that about does it. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Um, and who would like to pronounce Simon Butcher Jones's way the funniest, uh, the funniest way, uh, to close this out? Anyway. <laughs> who can do better? Jacob, can you do better? Yes, 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 y